0: Hey friends, it's Kara Kay, and this is the Asking for a Friend podcast, a weekly show for the woman who has questions about herself, the church, and the world. We are all asking hard questions that affect us as women in the culture that surrounds us, and we are looking for a safe space to ask them. But don't worry, I know you're only asking for a friend. Hey, hey, friends, welcome to another episode of Asking for a Friend. I'm excited that you're here this week. This week, we are answering the question, how do I wait well? I think we can all say that we have been in a season of waiting with this pandemic and everything going on around us. We're just kind of waiting. We're waiting to see what's going to happen, waiting to see what comes next, we're kind of waiting to see if school's gonna happen, when people can go back to work, all those things. And so we really all are in a season of waiting, but then also so many times in our lives we have things that we're waiting on. We're waiting on an answer, you know, we we're praying something and waiting to hear from God, we're waiting on a promotion, so many things that we feel like we are waiting on. So I have invited Jessica Hoddle to help me answer this question of how can we wait well in the midst of these seasons? So Jessica is an author and she's a fitness coach, a great motivator. She is all about helping women overcome their past and really owning who they are in Christ. And so I loved this conversation with her. It was just such an encouragement to me to really wait well in in my specific season of life and in all seasons where I'm waiting on something before we get into the episode i just wanted to ask you guys really quick for a favor i mentioned last week if you listened that it's my birthday week my birthday was actually yesterday if you're listening to this on the day the episode releases but if you want to give me a birthday present that would be awesome. I would love if you guys could go leave a review for the show. Reviews are super important for podcasts. It helps people find the show. And we always want new friends here at Asking for a Friend. So let's go get into today's episode. Before we really dive in, would you share maybe a little of your story? Give us some backstory, some background information of what brought you to this place of wanting to encourage women in this.
1: I think you know the backstory. It can, for most of us, I think it can start, you know, in childhood. The mm-hmm. things that we experience, a lot of our beliefs are formed. Then we see right. a lot of things, so we mirror what we see. We mirror what we what we see. Other people believing our caregivers, and you know, we go through high school and all those things. And I think a lot of my beliefs were 100 percent formed in how I was talked to, how I was raised. You know, I come from a home that was very unhealthy. Both my mom and my dad were very unstable people, and they were obviously going through their own pain, and so that pain bled into my relationship with them as well as my brother. And so I kind of had to learn to grow up really fast, to take care of myself at a very young age, and work just really hard, which in turn, as an adult... Can form a lot of beliefs about striving, hustle mm-hmm. culture, yeah. you know, do all the things to be all the things, get all the titles that you can. And this right. was me just trying to prove that what was spoken over me as a child was not true. Mm-hmm. You know, I was always just trying to prove people wrong, prove that I was smart. Cause I started my fitness business when I was 21, uh, tw- turning 22. And so I was really young. I looked super young. People uh-huh. were not taking me seriously. And I just, I hated that. And I just, that fueled me to just be like, no, I refuse to let people look at me as this little girl that can't take care of herself when I went through all of these things. And that carried into well into my 20s. And, and then I kind of hit this this hump where I just started to break down exhaustion, frustration my body started to break down from all the stress internal external because I was putting who I was in men my job and my body Mm, yeah (laughs) and even though I I accepted Christ at the age of 22 right at the same time I started my business there was no really in-depth relationship that we had like I would read the word but it was superficial kind of stuff and right and I never put who I was in him You know, and so this is really where a lot of this stems from is helping women to not live or go through the things that I went through, but also helping them realize that because of their past, it doesn't have to be their future.
0: Oh, yeah, I think that so many of us can relate to that because, gosh, we just cling to the past and either things that have been done to us or things that decisions we've made, and we have so much trouble. Moving forward in that, let's talk about this topic of waiting well. It's interesting because we had connected and it was literally like the day before that you and I had connected and talked about this. Um, I was reading, I was studying through the gospels at the time and I was reading a story about when Jesus was talking to his disciples and they, you know, he was telling them like trying to prepare them for him to be gone from them. And he was really teaching them how to wait well. And that was the phrase that kept coming to me is wait well, wait well. And, and then you and I talked and I was like, oh my gosh, okay, this is obviously something that God's trying to teach me right now. And so I think it's important for so many people to learn how to wait well, because we do live in a culture that's like rush, rush, rush. And we don't really, We don't take time to sit in things and really discover what God has for us. Um, So let's talk about when we get a no from something, whatever Mm -hmm. it may be. If we get a no from God, from the world, whatever that looks like, how would you say that you can wait well in the midst of a no?
1: You know, I always think that when we hear waiting, we think complacent. Mm -hmm. And that's something that I think is important is that Jesus never stopped his ministry. The disciples never stopped, even in the waiting. And so right. we still move in faith. And that's important piece because when we pray, we tend to want to use prayer sometimes as an excuse to sit back and not pursue the things that we're praying for and standing in faith and believing and not doubting, right? Right. And I think that that is an important piece in this process because most of our life is spent in the waiting. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, when we're going Absolutely. goal to goal, what's in between the goal? It's the process. It's that continuing to show up even when it feels like what you're doing mm-hmm. is not affecting anything or anyone. Right. right. And this journey, just even the past year of, of waiting and pursuing at the same time, I've gotten a lot of no's especially with book agents and publishers Mm -hmm. and submitting devotionals in specific places. And that's just one area where it's my work. And realizing that I've heard a lot of no's and a lot of reasons for no's. And it's really easy to want to give up when no's are coming our way. And I think even when we think we hear a no from God, we think it's like this punishment or we think... He doesn't have our best interest. But there if we look at him as this good father, there's always something better on the other side. Right. And and right. I always like to ask people, it might be good, but is it God's best?
0: Mm.
1: And that really helps us to go, you know, is this God's best for my life? And I was reading this morning myself in Ephesians 3, 16 through 17. Mm-hmm. I'm just gonna read it really quick. It's uh Paul is saying that. That he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might by his spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love. And this is kind of Paul's prayer to the church. Mm -hmm. And so when we think about waiting and pursuing in the midst of no's, it's really about this walking in the fullness of God because we're not, we're not living for God, but God is living through us, Right. And so our strength as a believer is done, not in the spirit, but in our soul and in our heart. Because our spirit is already complete. right? And the gateway becomes our soul. And so in the midst of these no's, it's this sanctification, it's this becoming what we behold, right? It's this Mm -hmm. constant pursuit of the Father's heart, knowing that our inner man is renewed day by day. Wow, I think so many times we feel
0: like a no is just a rejection that we're not good enough. We, you know, we don't hold up to the world standard of whatever that is. You you mentioned like books. That is a huge area of no's, um, writing books and publishing, just all of that. It's like, it is a hard business to be in for sure, because I feel like it's just no, 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 constantly. Um, And so how do you overcome that, those feelings of rejection if you, you know, where you feel like it's against you, it's against your character, all of those things, how would you encourage somebody who's maybe in that place of feeling like they are unwanted, they are being rejected?
1: You know, I, when I was thinking about this, oftentimes we take past rejection and we put it into our current circumstance,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and we kind of mesh them together, and we think that I don't even like to say rejection because right. it's as if they're rejecting us, right? Yeah. And I just like to call it a no, a not right now, and or just not a good fit. And so when I work with people, I, I try to help them get to this point of taking the emotion out of it and looking at it as the present and what are they really trying to maybe communicate if we look yeah. at the books for example maybe my book title wasn't the right title for them maybe they already had a title that was similar to that so they couldn't afford to you know bring on another title right right maybe it had nothing to do with my work but they had no time mm-hmm. and so it's asking these ourselves these questions that are not emotionally led but that are just reality and facts to our situation. Yeah. Which has really helped me kind of reframe what comes my way. Because I'm not taking it as a insult or as a threat to my identity and worth and what he's called me to, because we can easily do that. I've got to know. Right. So that must mean that I shouldn't be a writer. Mm-hmm. Therefore, I'm just encouraging women that let's take time to separate reality and the emotion because your, your worth is not a feeling. It's a person and you're not waiting to feel worthy. If you get picked up by a book, it doesn't make you more worthy. It doesn't increase your God's love for you. Any Mm -hmm. of that, which we often think it, it does. And so it's really just, again, coming into this reality that this is not an attack against you, but we can look at it from what's really going on from even a business, you know, mindset. Right, right. So let's talk practically about that because I think
0: sometimes that's like, it's easier said than done. Um, What are some practical ways that women can walk through those no's um, and get to the other side of of shifting their
1: mindset? No, that's good. I think practically... It comes with, it's just like building a muscle. Mm -hmm. And as we renew our mind to God's word, we understand more of his promises. Right. And so when we start to hold on more to his promises, more than the reward, we can actually begin to speak forth the promises in scripture, even in the midst of no's. And that's really something practical that I do often is I look in scripture where he talks about, you know, we do not labor in the Lord in vain. Mm. or everything I touch is blessed, so to speak. Just those things that are important to me when he calls us into his purpose and his will of no matter what is happening on this outside, there are promises in his word that he's given us according to our works. In a sense, you know, what I'm trying to say like, right, I'm right, our works yeah. are what validates, but it gives us this confident reassurance that he doesn't leave us. He doesn't forsake us. He's always willing to comfort us and move us in the right direction. But I also have to say that it's okay to feel frustrated and to all the things. Right. Like I'm not saying that when I heard no's that I was like, oh, this is so good. You know, I mean, it's (laughs) the reality of frustration and what could I have done differently or better? Mm -hmm. But knowing promises mm-hmm. of God. that is one of the most practical things that you can do is know his scripture, know his word, and search him out in the midst yeah. of what that really means, yeah,
0: I think another thing that this reminds me of is having people around you that you trust mm-hmm. that can speak truth into you. Yeah. Um, you know, we we're talking the example of book deals and publishing and all of that. Um, having people that you could maybe send your work to and say, Hey, can you give me honest feedback on this? Not your, not your mom or your husband or your best friend necessarily, but people who are in your industry, whatever that may look like that can really provide you with great feedback and help to help push you forward. Um, because I think when we can link arms with other people, we can really walk through our nose better because we're all receiving no's in one way or another. Yeah. And so to hear from somebody else, yeah, I got a no too, or, you know, like I'm having to wait right now too, really helps us to see that we're not alone and we aren't being rejected, that this is just normal life that we have to walk through seasons of waiting.
1: That's good. I totally agree. And I always tell, uh, tell people to find people in your life that don't just validate what you feel. Yes, yes. <laughs> that actually call you to a higher thinking or a higher elevation of thinking so where it's not just you getting approved by what you feel. Mm-hmm. For sure. How do we
0: keep showing up? How do we keep doing the work when it's not perfect or
1: we're having to wait? What does that look like of continuing to show up? This whole idea of perfection, it gets me every time. And I think when it comes to being perfect, we have to, I'm a question asker. So Mm -hmm. you always hear me asking questions back to somebody else because I ask myself questions often. It keeps me thinking, you know, it keeps me going deeper with the Lord. And so my question back to the person of striving for perfection or getting it right would be, what is perfection to you? Because Mm -hmm. perfection is subjective. Yeah. Right. And so when we go per- perfect, but perfect to whom? Mm-hmm. And we create these realities in our mind of what perfection is and we try to live them out. And so we're always striving and striving and striving to create something that we have no measured or standard for. Mm-hmm. And so if we can even just ask ourselves, perfect according to whom? Right. You know, perfect is subjective. And I think that per- obviously perfection paralyzes us. Yeah. It puts us in the place of God. It, it says, I have to be perfect. I have to do all these things right in order to achieve something. Yeah. And I think that goes back to o- ownership and stewardship. We are called to steward the gifts that we have, our bodies, our gifts, you know, our relationships, but God is the owner. And Paul talks about that in Corinthians when he's talking about You know, whether it's Paul or Apollos, who's watering, who's planting, whatever it is, it all matters, but God causes Mm -hmm. it to grow, right? Right. And in Philippians, it talks about, you know, we lack no, we, we, I have no lack from God because he supplies all my needs. Mm. And if we can constantly remind ourselves that it doesn't have to be perfect, I am in no lack right now because he will always supply me with what I need in the moments that I need them. Do you know what Enneagram number you are? No, I don't. I'm, okay. I'm, I'm like probably the one of the fewest
0: that don't okay. know what their that Enneagram don't number know. is. Well, I am an Enneagram one. Our listeners know this um, about me. An Enneagram one is basically a perfectionist, somebody that really struggles with perfectionism. And that has always been a struggle for me and of learning that tension between trying to continue to do work if it doesn't look perfect in my eyes whatever that is. And a lot of times it's just trying to live up to my own expectations of whatever I've placed on myself and not even really. And I forget a lot of times that God's not the one putting these expectations on me. It's me. I'm the one that has placed these unattainable expectations on myself and he loves me no matter what. And so as a struggling perfectionist, I, I totally get that and relate to that. And and love to hear that because it's such an encouragement to me uh, as someone who's constantly chasing after perfect and always feeling that need for everything to be exactly a perfect right way. So, I think yeah. a lot of us struggle with that for sure. Okay, so let's talk now about as we are healing from nose and you know that feeling of rejection. Maybe somebody is listening and they're like, okay, well, I've been through that. I've, li- I've gone through that season of, of feeling rejected, of feeling not welcomed, of getting the nose, and it hurting. How can we encourage them to find healing through that journey?
1: You know, when I, you study about hope and you study about faith, hope is the confident expectation. It's not mm. wishing. It's not, you know, we always say that, like, I hope I'm going to get, you know, Dino's tonight or something, like, which is the restaurant near us. You just hope that we're going to get something. But right, really, right. full hope is that confident expectation in knowing that he will do what he said he's going to do. Mm. And then faith is that we are seeing with our spiritual eyes, regardless of what is happening or what we see, it's that we believe without even having to see. And I think when I start thinking about my own healing journey, whether it was my physical, are just walking through this process is we can't be led by our senses, mm. which is often what us believers tend to do. We, whatever somebody says to us, we go, that must be the truth. When we have trouble around us, we must think this is going to be my future. And that's where we have to begin to separate. Am I standing in hope and faith or am I living by what I see? Right. Because that was me for a really long time. Whatever I saw was the truth about who I was, about what my future would be, and being able to not let what you see or feel in the moment to determine how the rest of your life will look like. It's this whole idea of challenging the thoughts, the movies playing over and over again in your head. You know, the movies mm-hmm. I call, it, like, it can be imaginations and, Fear creates alternate realities that don't exist. And most of the time, God's grace, his goodness, his mercy, his love is not in those realities. And in the healing journey, it comes with compassion. It comes with kindness. There are so many things that go into the process of renewing our mind. You know, we Mm -hmm. with healing and hardwiring in God's word, even if we look at it from a brain perspective, When you think the same thoughts over and over again, these neurons will fire together over and over again, which means your body creates this own basically pathway per se of thinking. Mm -hmm. And when you think those thoughts about not being good enough, or this is too hard, or I'm not worthy, or all of those things, they become hardwired in our brain and we begin to live that out. It's why when we renew our mind to God's word, The tension is real and it feels so hard because one, we have an enemy and two, our old way of thinking, our old man, we still left behind that body. Even though we are born again in Christ and have a whole new spirit, we had an old man that was left behind in this renewing process. And so there's kindness, compassion, but it's not letting our senses dictate what our future reality is going to look like or will look like. And it goes really back to those promises. I love that you touched on fear because I think that's what
0: holds many of us back before we even get the no, you know, Mm -hmm. before we even ask whatever it is that we're asking. I think fear holds so many of us back from really doing what God has called us to do, the passion that he's put in us. How do you encourage somebody to overcome that fear that is holding them back because they're afraid of the no.
1: Recently I was just reading through some commentary and things like that, and it's this whole perspective shift of in Galatians when it talks about walk walk in the spirit and you will not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. And oftentimes people are telling people not to sin so that you don't fulfill the lusts of the flesh. Right. But when we look at it from this perspective of walk in the spirit you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh, not deny the flesh and walk in the spirit. Mm-hmm. And I think fear and faith go the same way. It is so many of us are researching how to get rid of fear, how to overcome fear. I think fear is always going to be present. It just matter; right. it, It's a matter of where you let it sit in your car. Mm-hmm. And if we're just focusing on overcoming fear and getting rid of fear, we're giving the enemy a lot of power. Yeah. And it's the shift where I'm still learning it myself of What lens are we we trying to get rid of fear so that we can stand in faith or are we standing in faith that gets rid of our fear? What does patience look like as you are learning to wait well? Patience. I think it's something that all of us could, we're always maturing in, right? Yes. yes. And patience, it's like this instant gratification because like you said earlier, it's we want what we want right now.
0: Mm -hmm. We just live in a culture that it's like we expect everything to happen instantaneously for us.
1: Absolutely. And I went back and I started thinking about even when it comes to gratification, we can think about, okay, so if it does happen, this thing that you want to happen really Mm -hmm. fast, then what, you know, what is this instant gratification really saying? Because oftentimes when the gratification comes, it's so fleeting that we're Mm -hmm. just waiting for the next thing to happen to us. Yep.
0: So and true.
1: in between, when we, I, I love the examples that, you know, Jesus used as far as the farmer, the agricultural age, uh-huh. the people that would know. Oh, and yeah. I often think about the sowing and reaping. This is where my heart has been just so much in the process of patience, maturing, and growing is that there's patience. And then in between the patience and the promise is always time. Mm. We see in Hebrews, about, you know, he talks about, um, through faith and patience, they inherited the promises. <laughs> and mm-hmm. there's always in between the time when, when a farmer plants his seed, there is time where he tends the soil, he waters them, he makes sure that it has watered. It's this continuing nurturing of the seed he planted for his harvest. Right. And if we look at this in everyday life, our thoughts that we think, in our words that we speak, are seeds. And as you mature, as at, like grow the, that seed that you plant and water it, you will reap a harvest in whatever time that is, whatever harvest that looks like. I mean, we sow seeds into our relationships, right? Mm-hmm. And we harvest fruitful relationships, meaning healthy relationships. And this can go into any area of our life is what seeds are we planting? How are we actually maturing, growing them? Because that's really the patience piece, right? Yeah. It's not giving in and uprooting the seed before we see the harvest. And that is something that has really helped me, even just visually, me Mm -hmm. like seeing myself with my words and my actions, just planting these seeds in the ground and continuing to show up, whether it's perfect or not, whether I get a no or not, but that I'm still planting good and healthy seeds into the ground with the right fertilizer. God's truth to see the harvest that he provides. That's such a good encouragement. Okay. As we wrap up today,
0: at the end of every episode, I ask my guests to share a resource that has helped them to rethink the world around them. This could be a book or a TV show, a movie, a podcast, something that has helped you kind of reframe your thinking. Is there
1: something that you'd like to share? I love Andy Kobler's book, uh, Try Softer. It's, Pretty much new. I'm pretty sure it was this year, a couple months ago or so that she released it. And it's she's a believer. She loves Jesus. And I love her simple approach, understandable approach to working through our pain and being kind to ourselves, compassionate to ourselves, as you heal these layers of childhood. And Hmm. how that lives out into our everyday life. So it gives you understanding and not feeling like you're crazy. Yeah. (laughs) Which I think most of the time is really easy to feel when you're feeling all these emotions or you're lashing out on your husband. You know, there are, are, of course, things that go on. But sometimes it's just the reality of we need to spend time healing. Hmm. Yeah, that's good. I'm going to look that up for sure. Um, Thanks for sharing that. Okay, last
0: question. Something a little fun. After a heavy episode, I always like to ask everybody, what is something that has brought you joy this week? That can be something silly, fun, whatever it is, something that just brought you joy.
1: I love warm blankets out of the dryer.
0: Oh, me too.
1: (laughs) Me too. Like, there's nothing like it. Yeah. Uh, So, I love all the warm, fuzzy blankets. And I started reading novels at the end of last year. I took a really big break from them. I don't know Uh why, but just going back into reading my novels at night with like all my warm fuzzy blankets oh,
0: that's the best my husband hates like anything right out of the dryer oh. it drives him crazy and like last night some one of my kids spilled something on our bedspread so i had to wash it i took it out of the dryer like
1: right at bedtime put it oh, on our bed wonderful. oh my gosh it was just heavenly so <laughs> I am with you there. Yeah, it is. It's really heavenly. It's just like a towel coming out of the dryer after a shower. Right. I love it so much. Yeah.
0: Okay. Can you tell everybody where they can find you, um, all your links and everything? And we'll put them in the show notes as well.
1: Yeah. You can. I love hanging out on Instagram. It's where I, you know, hang out in stories and respond to my DMs. I hang out on DMs. And if you're listening, of course, on podcasts, you can always come join me on my podcast, too. What's the truth? And
0: thank you so much, Jessica, for joining me today. I loved this conversation. I feel so encouraged walking away feeling just the confidence to be able to wait well in seasons of life, no matter what that looks like, especially now in the season that we all find ourselves in of not knowing what comes next, but being able to really wait on God be patient and and just be confident in knowing that God is with us and he's for us. So I would love to invite you to follow me on social media. If you are not, I am at KaraK.James on Instagram and Facebook. And as always, keep asking questions for a friend.